Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another great episode. Episode 100 here on Days and Infusion. We're super pumped to have with us a very special guest tonight, MMA superstar, former mayor and bad boy of Huntington Beach, Tito Ortiz. Welcome to the show, Tito. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you being here and celebrating this great event for me, the 100th anniversary of the show. Um, I, I just really, uh, I'm kind of starstruck because I, I followed your career. Uh, I followed it all the way through you being the Huntington Beach mayor. I followed your campaign. I watched all of your interviews on TV, why you were doing it. It was just a, an amazing arc for anybody. Um but let alone a guy who came from the MMA, it's uh, fantastic. So congratulations, number one, for doing that and doing your civic duty on that, too. Yeah, you know, I, I tried, but I kind of realized I wasn't a part of the agenda uh, here in California. So they tried to attack me and ruin my name um, nonstop. Every week it was nonstop. It was an attack after attack after attack because I wasn't a part of the agenda. And, you know, my whole life growing up is always uh, love, love your country because there's never there's no other country in the world like it. And yeah. as I was able to grow up through my career, um, able to travel the country or travel the world and see how other countries are, I always was happy when I came back to the United States. And yeah. here in California, it's it's a scary time right now. And here in the country, it's a scary time. And, you know, I, I, I got my taste of politics and I didn't like it because I'm too much of an honest man. And I try to be a good father to my children and show them how to love this country. Yeah. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because you want to do what's best for your community. I mean, you're Huntington beach local, so you yes. wanted to give back. Right. And so that's a tough one because you got this oppositional forces out there right now. They're maybe tiny, tiny minorities, but they're, they've got a loud voice and they make your life miserable. And you're not the only one I know fighting the fight. So, but thank you for doing it for the term. You did it. I know you retired a little early from the mayorship, but that's the way that goes. So good for you yeah if, if i wouldn't have done that i would have had nothing left and then i would have literally lost everything so it wasn't worth it once again i'm, I'm a young man and i have uh three boys and i want to make sure that their uh, futures in life in general is uh very successful so i had to step away from that because i have no control and uh i did it and it was probably the best thing i did because actually now i could think clearly now i could think uh the right way and not be so emotionally um, attached to the city and to try to get my my point across as a lot of americans try to do it themselves yeah, it must be hard to walk away from that 700 bucks a month there, bro. Yeah, it was yeah. actually 750 bucks a month. Oh, uh, wow. That's it, was, a big it, was a lot, it was a lot of money. I don't think I could pay for all my fuel for the next month. So <laughs> it, it wasn't worth it. Um, yeah, yeah, tried, yeah. i try. Um, so I'm just going to start out this interview with the same question I asked all my guests. Tito, what's your historical relationship to cannabis, whether personal or, or you know, tangentially? Um, well, I think it was personal as a kid growing up. You know, my mother and father... Uh, um, consume cannabis. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I, I always seen around the house. Uh, I was always told to stay away from it, but you know, I grew up in the punk rock area here in Huntington beach and it was, uh, pushed onto me as a young kid. And I, I, I really didn't understand. It. I was just trying to be as cool as my brothers, uh, my brothers yeah. put on me or, you know, and so forth. But I think of one that I, top of my head is one of my friends told me, uh, there was a house that had, uh, trees in the back of their house up in Lake Elsinore. And we went to the trees and we seen them and they were growing over the fence. So we cut them all down and put them in a car. Um, was it uh, a car cover and put it in a VW bug with my brother, my oldest brother. And uh, we driving all the way back from Lake Elsinore to Huntington beach. And I remember all four of us praying saying, please don't get pulled over. Please don't get pulled over. Please don't get pulled over. <laughs> uh, we bought it, we brought it back and gave it to my parents, gave it to our friends. And uh, I think that was probably the one at the youngest age of gosh, super young. Probably scare a lot of people right now. I think I was about six. 
it's almost seven. Wow. Um, once again, I was very mature for my age um, or not mature. I, I think I was just pushed into a, a, a adult era very quickly at a young age and uh, something I had to learn. But, you know, as I got into wrestling in high school and college, uh, there was times during the summertime that I would smoke, of course, but it was mostly strictly about sports. Um, I have the pains during training, uh, mixed martial arts of UFC becoming a world champion and stuff. We'd get drug tests and everything. So I couldn't smoke. Uh, but as time went on and then the more ed educated people got on cannabis, it started getting me more educated on it and knowing that this drug is actually very helpful for the human body, um, for pain, uh, for a lot of things that will, you know, um, make you live a little longer life, I, life, I believe. And this is my opinion. Um, and I, I just see it, you know, of the painkillers, the things that uh, big pharma tries to push. And a lot of these things can be um, redone uh, through cannabis and, you yeah. know, sleep, uh, the cannabinoids of, uh, was it uh, CBN helps you sleep a lot better. Uh, yep. CBD takes a while, the inflammation of the bone or of the muscles and everything. And there's a lot of stuff as an athlete that I've gone through. And um, I tried to make sure that I was able to space it out where a drug test did come around that I, I was far enough, far enough away from, testing negative uh, or testing positive was a month period. And that's about how far it takes about a month. And it's not like I was a big smoker. I was smoking every single day. It wasn't a factor of smoking. It was just a factor of after the fights were over, I was in pain and I didn't want to take painkillers. So right. being able to uh, smoke uh, cannabis actually helped out a lot, a lot of my pain situations. And I've had a lot of surgeries. I've had eight surgeries. I've had four neck surgeries. I've had a back surgery. I've had uh, three knee surgeries. Mm. And I've gone through a lot of pain where medication of uh, pain uh, meds as Vicodin's um, Valium, things like that, that I've had to take to, you know, subdue the pain. Well, all of a sudden when I got edibles, it changed the whole world for me. I didn't have yeah. the addictive uh, and the mental things that I've got through painkillers where I had cannabis and it helped out a lot. It calmed me down and made me relax. Um, it took away the pain. Uh, it took away the, the muscles that would be firing really fast because of the, the, the injuries that I did have, but it helped out a lot. So I always thought was, how can we make sure that we get athletes not get addicted to painkillers, but able to suppress the pain they have through cannabis? Yeah. And uh, one of the companies I came with, Hardcart, they actually uh, uh, showed me some of the different red, um, red remedies or um, things they've used to help pain, to help you sleep. Because that's one of my problems. I don't sleep well. I don't sleep, sleep well at night. But yeah. with a little bit of THC and uh, CBN and CBD, it helped out 100% where I was getting great sleep at night. And once again, this is a process, a learning process in the works. And uh, I'm still learning. And I think a lot of people out there need to learn about cannabis because how much it can help. This is something that's been suppressed for such a long time. I think it's on a category, uh, was it uh, eight, eight list? Schedule one. Schedule, Schedule one. one. Excuse me. Um, and... I've seen other drugs, how bad it has taken people's lives. Um, I don't know anybody and I haven't seen anybody who's an overdose on uh, cannabis. Um, so that's one thing that you get to think about it. And the things that I've been able to suppress the pain that I've gone through, I don't have to get addicted on painkillers, which is amazing. Um, and I, I have had a problem in my earlier career when I had to have back surgery where, you know, I was eating thousand milligram Vicodins two to three times a day where it changed my mentality. It changed my attitude completely. And I was able to suppress that and stop that by having cannabis in my life. I'm very thankful. 
That is the best answer I've ever had to that question. So thank you. Gito. Yeah. And you're speaking to the choir here because this is the audience too. Um, they want to hear that. I think the, the great corollary there and the, the crossover is the tragic story of Chris Benoit in, you know, professional wrestling and Oxy and how that affected him because of his pain management. So obviously we know now that Oxy is a, is a horrifying drug that has affected so many people, uh, promoted suicides, promoted out of control lifestyles and to the degradation of families across this country. Um, and as we see now, big pharma is getting away with it because that family basically washed their hands of it. And, uh, they're walking away from this issue, which is disgusting. Um, I did, I think, you know, right now in sports, alternative medicine is really starting to, to click in and it's a new day and you are bringing a new product. And I'll just, uh, Tell the people at home, you're going to be launching a new product called Round One. And uh, turning around here so I can read it, it's the three-ounce shot uh, with nano infused in the cap. You're going to have a pre-workout and a post-workout regimen with a low THC on the forefront and then a, a higher CBD um, on the post-workout. Did I get that right, basically? Yeah, that's correct. But I believe on the uh, post-workout, I'll have actually um, cabinoids of CBN also okay. uh, to help sleeping, help relax the body, relax the mind, so you're able to have a peaceful sleep through the night. And that does help out 100%. I've seen so many other products, but it takes so long to enter the body. A lot of it is uh, oiled infused, so the body doesn't break it down. Your kidney, or excuse me, your uh, liver doesn't break it down the same way. Right. This in, in a water uh substance it actually breaks down super fast in its fast reaction water soluble that's the, the name of the game i use it in my shuggies product lineup and it works like a charm it, it processes your kidney and it's very efficacious um without naming names how prevalent is cannabis in the mma you know, uh, really really prevalent for a lot of guys you know like nick and nick Diaz. uh um got conor mcgregor i mean there's so many people that yeah. do use it but they got to make sure they use it the right way and I understand it because, you know, it, 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 it'll slow a person down where he doesn't want to work as hard or it does the total opposite where it'll speed a person up and you want to work extra hard. So, I mean, and at the same time also is if you're going through four training sessions a day, six days a week, eight hours a day of pushing yourself to exhaustion and you want to be able to go to bed and be able to sleep soundly. Um, things like this do help. Like I say, yeah. CPN is something that I've learned and this is something I'm still learning myself of the different cannabinoids that are in uh, THC or in uh, cannabis that we're able to use. And the more that a lot of my friends who are scientists that are in the cannabis business that are teaching me, I'm learning a lot of things that we've been prevalent of not seeing. All of a sudden it's strictly been about weed and marijuana and smoking. It's like, I don't smoke. I don't smoke flour at all. I mm -hmm. eat nothing but edibles or drinkables. Um, and it's super important because I mean, for my kids, I don't want my kids to smell it. I don't want my kids to use stuff like that because until they're 18, I think they really have to um, educate themselves and use, you know, knowledge is power in my family, at least, because I was never taught that as a kid growing up. My parents said, do whatever you want. And that was pretty much it. But with my children, I want to make sure that they're able to be educated through their time of 18 when they become men and take care of themselves. And they can make decisions on themselves at the age of 18. But for myself, I mean, as a father, I want to make sure that I'm looked up to by my children and something like this, they understand to stay away from it. Um, it's really important for young kids not to subdue to it just because of uh, you want to make sure that they're learning the right things at the right time uh, through their growth uh, as children of becoming adults. And I mean, I think it's just being responsible as a parent in general. Yeah, that's a great, great answer. Uh, so 
a lot has been said about your early advocacy when you were in the MMA um, and your conflicts with Dana about things like healthcare, pay, benefits and promotion um, and how you, an MMA athlete, get um, the benefits of, of the promotional aspects of the MMA. Did, was this a big motivator for you to get into politics? Not only because the local politics needed you, but just advocacy for common things for the common person. Well, you know, I come to realize that there's a lot of people that wish they had a loud voice, but they don't have that opportunity to do it. Um, and people like myself that I've worked so hard through my career of 25 years to make um, a household name of mixed martial arts um, with Tito Ortiz. I, I have really worked hard to make this happen, but there was a lot of my friends who didn't have a voice. And I want to be yeah. that boy uh, here in Huntington Beach. We're the fourth conservative city um, in the United States. We are the Florida of, uh, of California, but it's being lost right now. It's very, very scary. Um, the things that are being uh, passed uh, at city council, um, I, I come to realize that there was two Democrats and uh, was it uh, five Republicans? Um, but four of those Republicans, or excuse me, three of those Republicans weren't Republicans. They're were rhinos completely. They were, had a Democrat mentality. Their agenda was the same way as a Democratic Party. And it's scary now because as a kid growing up, I've always understood to love this country, as I said before. Um, but it seems like their agenda is so powerful that they want to have this communist country or this socialist country that love in America has been gone. People hate America. Well, all those people that say they hate America, I guarantee you 99.9% of those people have never traveled outside the country. Yeah. Because I have so many people that live in my neighborhood who came from outside of the country and came to the United States and came to California, came to Huntington Beach. And they're like, Tito, keep fighting for what you're fighting for, because where I came from in Russia, Germany, uh, Lithuania, they go, that's why we got away from that, because of how bad it was with socialism there. And that's when I realized I was fighting for the right cause. And that's, you know, this is our country because of our forefathers that fought for it, that I'm trying to speak up for it and come to realize that I wasn't part of the agenda and they're trying to smash me. CNN, um, MSNBC, um, ABC, all these different uh, media uh, programs were trying to destroy my name. They're trying to destroy my um, the things that I've worked so hard for. And yeah. once again, making 700 bucks a month wasn't a part of the protocol for me to make sure I take care of my family. I didn't want to lose everything. So well, civic, uh, civic duty is important, man. And you, you, you tried and God bless you for trying because it's so hard to um, try something and then just get beaten down, especially, you know, when your neighbors, like you rightfully said, they didn't have the opportunity to speak up. They didn't have the opportunity to voice their opinions because what happens in that case, they become one of the disappeared. All of a sudden, they're just not present in their community any longer. Well, I mean, just on social media, period. I mean, I have 360,000 followers on my uh, Instagram, Tito Ortiz, 1999. If any of the listeners right now, and you have an Instagram, go to Tito Ortiz, 1999. You got to punch that all in. Tito, T-I-T-O-O-R-T-I-Z, 1999. And they'll ask you, are you sure you want to follow this person because he has misinformation? What? <laughs> Look at really? all my posts. Every one of my posts through the last two years, I don't post any misinformation. People say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, you know what? I look at the things that I post. I do my research. I make sure I watch it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's literally like giving people information that's already happened. And there's yeah. so many things that, that have happened that has become true. Um, it just makes me shake my head because people are so gullible. People are just uh, naive to let the things happen. And it's scary because, like I say, I, my whole time, if I grew up in this country, I'm born and raised here in Huntington Beach, California. I've always understood to love this country because before you know it, socialism is just a day away. And uh, it's scary. I mean, I don't mean to scare any of your listeners or anything, but 
watch. Just don't listen to what I say. Research what I say. Research what I post and, and, and see how things have been changed so much just in the last, what, year and a half. It's changed yeah. so much. And, you know, I, like I say, I don't call them conspiracy theories. I call them uh, spoil alerts because the shit happens no matter what. Yeah. And right now we're looking at a situation where the guy who's, a, 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 you know, he says he's a liberal, uh, Joe Rogan. He's they're going after him now. Uh, again, just, once again, Joe Rogan's an awesome dude and he has his own beliefs. And I'm, I respect that. I, I, welcome to America. Everybody should have their own beliefs and you have the chance to say what you want. But when they start cutting you down and defaming you and keeping your name away and making sure they control and, you know, as they call it, misinformation, it's crazy how they're able to do that and do it legally. But I understand you when you sign up on Instagram or you sign up on Twitter, you, you're, you have to, you know, say you're going to stand within these guidelines. Uh, I, I agree with that. That's fine. But yeah. once again, we should have the, the effort or to give our voice to our opinions. It should be an opinion. It is an opinion. And with Joe Rogan, he speaks strictly his opinion, but he's gone through life lessons. Um, and I've had COVID. I did the ivermectin. I did the hydrochloroquine and I bounced back. I was hundred percent. I have had about 50 of my friends who had COVID. I gave them to my doctor. They got them in hydrochloroquine. I got them on ivermectin and they healed up hundred percent. One of my best friends, uh, Saul Solis, God rest his soul, rest in peace. Uh, he lives in Florida or lives in uh, Texas and he got COVID. I tried to give him the same medication I did. The doctor said it's not a part of the protocol. Uh, they put him on a ventilator about a week later. He died four weeks later and he was only 56 years old and he was healthy. He was a trainer. And it was just disgusting. It's disgusting what's oh happening in this country right now. And there's so many people that just are complying and are not being educated on the right things. And with Joe Rogan, he tried to say the truth. And once again, he says liberal. And I have no problem with that. That's fine. But he's saying the truth, as all Americans should understand. The truth is out there. You just got to yeah. search for it. And he has qualified guests on, too. You know, I don't care what anybody on CNN or any of these networks. All they, those they, doctors are guys who are living proof, have been in, been a part of the agenda, who've been a part of the business of the vaccines and so forth. And once again, I, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I don't care. That's your choice. As an American, this is our choice. I pay taxes. I pay a lot. Of I pay 51 percent of, of my money goes to the government. And I, it's a I, lot, a lot of money. I, mean, I, it, it I believe me. it. Give so much money in the government that I think more people have earned in their whole lifetime. It's scary. But once again, I'm just a voice. I'm just an American. I'm just a patriot that cares about this country, about the future of my children. Um, and that's all I can fight for. I can only control what's in my circle. And my circle is my family. My circle is my friends. And uh, I would come to realize, and it took me all the way up until the end of this year or this last year, um, to understand I can only control what's in my circle. I can't control what's on the outside. And it drove me crazy. I was actually almost going crazy. I, I was so down on myself. I just was like, how come I can't be more outspoken? How come I can't be heard more? But I come to realize I was being silenced. I was being shattered. I was on social media and it's scary, scary, scary times right now. It is scary. Well, let's go back to a more positive time in your yes, past. Please. When you became the, um, I believe, the first um, star to attract a one million um, subscription view on, I think it was episode or UFC 66, where yep. you were the first guy to crest that number. So you you really, I don't even know if they get those numbers until Connor really, really. Did they? No, they didn't. They didn't. No, actually, I think, uh, who was it? Uh, Brock Lesnar was the next one. And then it was Connor. But I think it was uh, us three. Um, of course, Chuck Liddell had to be a part of that. Uh, you know, I give the guy respect. We worked hard through our careers. But yeah, uh, yeah we were like the, the four to make that happen. But once again, I got to give back to my fans. It wasn't for my fans to buy the pay-per-view. You know, the ones that want to see me get my ass kicked or the ones that want me to see me kick ass. Uh, 
they enjoyed it and it was fun. It was exciting. And like I said, yeah. I look back on my career and I'm thankful for what I have because I've worked hard for it and I've done it respectfully and I'm able to look in the mirror at night with uh, dignity and uh, integrity of my life and my career. And I've done it the right way, my way. Yeah, you have indeed. And you are also the king of the post uh, post fight quote. Uh, you so many times you've come out with great quotes after a fight. I killed the ax murder respect. I don't earn it. I just fucking take it. Um, who's that next? was the bad boy image. I was just trying to portray. You can understand <laughs> that. It was an image that I understood, you know, as a kid growing up, watching Muhammad Ali, you know, watching Hulk Hogan. Um, how could I find this happy niche in between a mixed martial arts, you know, professional boxing and uh, professional wrestling, you know, uh, professional wrestling is a real sport. And people don't understand this, that oh, it is. Hell a yeah. But it's it is stuff because I've, I've gone to the uh, um, WWE training facility in Orlando, Florida, and I trained with them for two weeks. And it was the hardest training that I've done. It seemed like I was in college wrestling again. But once again, as I say, I, I was able to find the happy meeting between professional boxing, professional wrestling, and it was mixed martial arts. And I was Tito Ortiz, the Honey Beach bad boy. I've always pushed the envelope of things that I did prior to the fight, um, after the fight, and uh, during the fight. But it was just... Uh, it was something that I was having fun with. Someone I was able to attract. I want to be outside the box. I didn't want to be in the box of just the other fighters. It wasn't the idea in my mind of thinking that I'm supposed to be like the other fighters. I always thought I've, I want to be different. I want to do something somebody else is, isn't doing. I, I want to make different uh, crosses in the path that no one else is doing. And I think uh, I was able to lay the pavement for a lot of the fighters nowadays to get paid better money. Guys like Conor McGregor, who are, is a multimillionaire and congrats to him. You know, he did it the right way where, you know, there's a couple of times that he did cross the line. You know, there's always three rules that I, I made sure that I did through my career. I never talked about a person's family. I never talked about a person's country and I never lied. I always told the truth. And I still always tell the truth. It's, it's just a factor in life. You got to add, don't throw a, a chair at a bus either. That's a new fourth one for you. Yeah, like, I, think uh, <laughs> I probably would have did something like that. But like yeah. I said, those three rules are the, the main thing. You know, a person's family, a person's country, and don't lie. And if you can stay in, in the realms of those things, uh, you're doing the right thing. But I think Connor kind of crossed the, the road a few times. But, hey, he's uh, made over $100 million through his career. And congrats to him, man. I, I, I can't hate on the man. Uh, no. I gotta, he's done an amazing job. And to keep the smiles going, your best post thing was I, I killed Kenny, you bastard, which is always a good one after the. Well, Kenny that was during the so. time of uh, yeah. it was at South Park was really huge, and uh, I'm a, yeah. a big South Park fan. Uh, so I was, you know, at that time was you killed Kenny, you bastard. I was like, oh, this is perfect. When I smash this guy, I got to put this shirt on, and people loved it. But once again, it's just that error uh, of mixed martial arts or UFC that uh, I was able to do things like that. Yeah. And you, you also, you're, you're there for the troops during, you know, the whole uh, Afghanistan thing and bring home our troops. You're a very big proponent of that. I've seen pictures of you with our troops. So obviously that's a big concern for you. And I, I really dig that because we support um, weed for warriors. We also support veterans cannabis. And in my, my company sense distribution, we are doing brothers mark cannabis, which is a wholly owned and operated um, cannabis brand. So, you know, I really dig that, that you're supporting America, not just on one side, but on both sides. So that's 100%. It's super important. I met a lot of good brothers that are special force and uh, who served military. I mean, I've been to Iraq six times myself oh uh, for the really? USO and I've been very fortunate to meet some good brothers, some good people that I've been able to reach out to prior to their, uh, their to going out to serve, um, telling them, I hope I can't wait to see you get back home. And as soon as they get back home, they call me and uh, it's great to be there as you know, their backbone and supporter because a lot of them feel lost sometimes. You know, a lot of stuff that went through after uh, Biden pulled out of the Afghanistan thing, uh, 
a lot of those guys said, why do we do this? And it's scary because they are willing to give their life for this country. And now it's just come to a forefront right now where they're kind of confused and not sure what to do. And uh, yeah. like I can say, yeah. I'm, I'm always a phone call away for any of my brothers uh, who served and, you know, uh, and I always will be there. You know, I'm a big uh, supporter and actually ambassador of uh, Real Warriors. We take a, uh, soldiers out fishing here on the West Coast. And uh, we've had about five trips this last year. And it was amazing because once again, I was able to meet some brothers who I've helped out um, about four or five of them. I got them sober um, from not drinking anymore. And I just said, we got to be responsible, right? You got to be responsible, man, for your family yeah. and for yourself. And it's time to do that. And they, they reached out to me after a couple of months. They're like, I've been sober ever since that trip. And I want to thank you very much for helping me and being there for me and giving me the motivation to be a better man. And I was like, you guys have always been great, man. It's just you need a little something to rub off and you need to make, make sure that you understand that you are a great man. Yeah, well, that's, good. that's a very noble effort. I appreciate that. Um, you are on your way out of Huntington Beach. You're um, moving to Florida. I recently saw that you had a big yard sale. That's Yeah, we did. <laughs> Get rid of the big stuff. Probably is the most uh, <laughs> scary thing for me because this is change. I don't like change. I like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a repetition person. I'm a person that has exactly the same place every day. Um, I go to the same places every day. I, I don't like traveling outside my circle. But now it's like I got to a point where I got to think about the future of my children. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. I shouldn't have to do that. The things that they're being taught in school, sexual ed, the critical race theory, being mandatory mask, things like that, I can't do to my child. I'm not going to torture my child mentally. And it's my responsibility as a father. I got to think of the safety of my children's future. And the safety of my children's future is to move to Florida. And it's scary because when I go to places, people say, you got to put a mask on. I'm like, I'm not putting a mask on. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Sometimes I leave or I'll stay and they don't say nothing to me. But I stand my ground. And for my children, it's like, I shouldn't have to be like this where people question my authority or question my safety. Because when through my whole life has a government ever thought about my health or safety? Ever. Nothing. That's why I went to college. That's why I got. Oh. Yeah. We're still on? Break? Yeah, right, we're here. So that, that's why I um, put myself through college. I was a, a physical education major and I learned the things on um, God anatomy, uh, God, health and wellness, things that I've learned through my career of being a mixed martial artist that I've been really to understand how am I going to live a longer life? You know, my mother, my grandmother passed away at the age of 103. What are the things can I do to make sure that I'm able to live a long life, eat healthy, take my vitamins? I mean, once again, right now, I mean, I just got over having a flu. I didn't have COVID. I had the flu. Um, and I did uh, vitamin C, vitamin D3, um, zinc. And in three days I kicked it. It was gone. Yep. Uh, but once again, it was being around somebody or I went to a party and a bunch of people there that were vaccinated and they shed it on me. And I think I got sick from one of them. But once again, I came home, I took care of myself and no time through my whole life has a government ever been out to think of my health and my, my safety. So I have to make the decision of looking out for my children's future. Um, the critical race theory stuff is just nonsense. I'm not going to teach my children how to be racist. They've never been racist. Uh, the sexual ed, I'm not going to tell my child if he's a man or if he's a, a girl or if he's like in between if you if that's your decision after being 18 years old that's your decision as a man or as a woman that's your decision but as a child they should not be forced of the things that are being taught right now in school and it's scary because a lot of parents they really don't care all they do is and not maybe i take that back not a lot a few other parents really don't care they just send their kids to school so they could do what they want during the day and their kids mm-hmm. are not around which is scary because you should take care of the future of your child's health wellness, mind. I mean, everything they learn 
that's your challenge as a parent to do. My parents never did it for me. My mom gave me an opportunity when I was in high school to take me away from my father and she did. She gave me a new life. I found wrestling, which saved my life. So I got to do the same things for my children and moving to Florida will be great because it's a free state. And it's scary to say that now because we live in America. This country should be a free country and it's not. There's so many states that are blue and it, it should be segregated the way it is, whereas Democrat or Republican. Listen, man, we're all Americans. We all should be fighting for the same thing. And a lot don't. And it's just scary. Either they're too scared to fight for something they want to fight for. They want to be, be segregated from other friends. I mean, I've lost a lot of friends. I lost family members that don't talk to me anymore because of my political views. And I never understood that. I mean, Donald Trump is the first person I voted for ever in my career or ever in my life of any president. And because he loved America, I knew who Donald Trump was as a person. I worked for him on a celebrity apprentice. Um, I see what type of father he is with his kids. And that's one of the biggest thing is if you want to look and see what type of a man he is, look, at, look and see how his children are. Because a mirror of a man is through his children. And I've seen how his children are. They're very successful. They're hardworking um, kids. And his daughter, Ivanka, I met her. She's a wonderful, respectful woman. But you understand this at the end of the day is our future is our children. Our youth is our future. And you sound super, like a great dad, Tito. You do. Sound no, like it's a great important dad. to me. My dad was never there for me. My dad was never there in my wrestling matches. My dad was never from there for me at school. My dad was never there for any of my fights. Um, he chose drugs over me. Okay. And I refuse to, to do this for my child. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a drug user. Yes, I do use cannabis here and there. Um, but once again, for my children's future is the things I have to be responsible for as a father. They didn't ask to be brought into this world. I wanted them here. And so that's my responsibility as a father to do the right thing. And yeah. I'm going to continue doing that no matter what, what it costs. And like I say, um, me moving to Florida is a hard thing to swallow, but I want to enjoy America again. I want to yeah. enjoy freedoms again. I want to enjoy where I'm not being judged because I'm not wearing a mask or I don't have a vaccine card or things like that. That shouldn't matter. It's my health, my body. I should be able to choose what I want for myself. And I think everybody should have that choice. This is America. We need to fight for our freedoms. And right now, people need to step up and they have to do so. If not, it's going to be gone. And people are going to go, what happened? Well, what happened in 2021, 2020, 2022? That's what happened. You guys refuse to stand up and fight for your freedoms, fight for your choices, fight for the things that we pay our taxes into this government. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things that have been going on my mind lately that just that tries to divide me from my family, divide me from my friends or get me thinking a different way. But I always go back to the same mentality every single time. I love this country. I love America. I love my freedoms. I love my liberties. I love my family. And I'm going to give back as much as I possibly can to them. Right on. And God bless you, Tito. Um, on that note, let's just tell everybody at home that Tito Ortiz is coming out with his new brand, which is Round One. It's coming out probably around April 15th, probably around the time you may be listening to this episode or slightly after that. It's going to be an amazing drink. And I'm talking to Hardcar right now about Sense Distribution being the distributor for your product. So I'm very proud to have you here on the show. I love your standpoints and um, I really like what you're doing, man. And more success to you in the future, not only with cannabis, but in your personal life and in politics, should you choose to go into it in Florida? Yeah, you know, I think politics, I, I got my little taste of it. I kind of pulled the, uh, the wool behind the wolf's eyes and, you know, I kind of showed the wizard a little bit. And yeah. I, I, the political stuff is, is not for me. I'm too much of an honest man. And I think, you know, honesty needs to be brought to this country. But, uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, um, it's about my family. It's about my health, my future. And uh, I'm glad that there's been so many uh, 
political people that have stepped up for cannabis. I'm glad there's a lot of scientists that stepped up for cannabis. I'm glad a lot of business owners have stepped up for cannabis to make it happen. Like say one of my buddies here at uh, um, Medicine Woman who has a business here in Carson. He's one of my best friends, uh, amazing man, and his wife. Uh, I'm just thankful to be a part of all of this. And this is the new era. You know, they call it uh, the gold rush back in the days. Now we're in the green rush. So let's uh, make this happen and think about the health of our future and uh, subdue the pain without uh, taking painkillers from Big Pharma. Exactly. Thank you, Tito, for being here and good luck with the move. And uh, anytime you want to come on the show, I love your opinions and I love hearing your voice. So come on back anytime. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for all your viewers. Uh, thank you, guys. I hope I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, I'm just an honest man trying to do an honest job and uh, try to give my family an honest life. And it's a very, very important. So God bless you all. And thank you very much. Thank you, Tito. And this show has always been brought to you by Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S, new 500 and 1,000 milligram scoopable agave powder available in the dispensary near you. That's it for today on Days and Infused, episode 100, and our very special guest, Tito Ortiz. That's it for now. Thank you, Tito. And Thank bye-bye. You. Thanks. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.